Greetings, it's Terry at Cottage in the Court. My crocus are blooming. My hyacinths, they're about to open up. And I do believe a daffodil will finish opening tomorrow. All that was just right outside my front door. Spring is right around the corner. And if you're like me, I know you are chomping at the bit. What are you going to buy to plant? What do you need to plant? What are you going to do with those pots? Where are the gaps that you noticed last year at the end of the season? Will you fill those gaps with annuals, perennials, or maybe even a pepper plant? Who knows? It's your garden. You do what it takes to make it beautiful. My guest today understands that process. Jan Johnson, I'm a fan, major fan. She wrote a book recently called Floritopia. And this book is meant to inspire us to encourage us to embrace the garden and put our own stamp on things. It doesn't matter if you're in a place where there's merely a balcony or a terrace or even a landscape. If you've got a vision, you've got to maybe consider adding Floritopia so that you will be prepared for this year's planting season. Allow me to introduce Jan Johnson. Good morning, Jan. How are you? Oh, hello, Terry. I'm doing great. Fantastic. Jan, who are you and why do my (laughs) listeners need to know who you are? Oh, my goodness. No, that's quite the question to start with. Who are you? I've been asking myself that the whole my whole life. Anyway, um, I have I um, I'm a landscape designer and an author and oh yes, a speaker. Right. And I um, I'm here with you today because I have a book out and I want to share some of the information that's inside that book with your wonderful audience. Thank you. So first of all, why did you choose becoming a landscape designer as a profession? Oh, that's a great story. So I grew up in New York City in apartments in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, all the three different borough. I I moved around a lot. And um, I always loved plants. So I would grow plants on the windowsill. In fact, when I was a little kid, I tried to grow corn on the windowsill. My mother thought that was hysterical. Yeah, you know, I was growing my corn on the windowsill, and uh, and so that love of plants, um, even though it was just house plants, uh, followed me around. And my high school, I went to an art high school in New York City called High School of Music and Art. And my teacher said, "Oh well, you like plants and you like art, become a botanical illustrator." And I said to her, "No, I've seen becoming maybe an architect." Well, at that point, she should have said landscape architect right because plants architecture but back then which was several decades ago many decades ago um nobody in new york city even knew the profession i mean it was not even on the radar screen believe it or not Mm. so my so my college 
guidance, guidance counselor couldn't direct me in the right way. So I went off and I ended up in Japan in college at an architecture office as an intern. And uh, I went to the Japanese gardens in Kyoto. Mm. And that was it. That was it. I mean, I was enthralled. And I, uh, the building I was designing, I put into the side of the hill and just got all involved in the tr pine trees and the bridges. And my boss told me that he said, me, you're not an architect. This is in Japanese. He said, you're a landscape architect. And he sent me off to a uh, Japanese landscape architecture office and from, which was the perfect thing to do. And yeah. from there, from there, I, uh, went and studied landscape architecture at University of Hawaii. And at the same time, I was living on an organic farm there. So I was learning plants and soils. And so I, I really immersed myself in that whole world at a very young age. And then wow. came back to New York. And then <laughs> what a gift for yeah, him to really. recognize your strength. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. yeah. And he did it all in Japanese. I had to look up the, the term that he was saying to me in Japanese, Zoen Kenchiku, which means park architecture. Oh, wow. Yeah. So coming back to New York, you've got this wealth of knowledge of gardening in Japan. And then when I got immediately depressed, right? Because I come back <laughs> to an apartment in New York City. It's like, what am I doing here? And I, uh, this is the part that kind of segues into today. I ended up, I, I didn't like, the offices you know i went for interviews in new york city and i thought oh these this is what i'm going to do sit in an office and you know this was back before computers so i had mm -hmm. to do everything in ink and i said i can't do this so i ended up at a wonderful resort hotel two hours north of the city called mohunk mountain house and i worked for a spectacular french gardener he Ooh. had come to he had come to this country from working in the gardens of Versailles, Alain Grumberg, mm -hmm. Alan Grumberg. And he was a master. He was a total professional horticulturalist master using all the European techniques. And I learned all of that working for him. So you've got a skill set in Japanese horticulture yes, i know <laughs> and french i know is that and, and then here i go in the the hudson valley you know which is kind of rocky woodland um <sighs> home of andrew jackson downing kind of yes. style, if you know what that is yes so, so yeah so it's a big mishmash <laughs> oh and from there stone oh yes and then of course it, it where i lived um near mohunk is one of the best rock climbing areas of the East Coast, the Schwangunk Mountains. So I became a rock climber. So I got all into rocks and uh, yeah. Mohonk, if anybody wants to see the most magnificent place, M-O-H-O-N-K, Mohonk Mountain House. It's a resort, but you can do, uh, you can take hikes there. Wow. And I, I, I mean, it is spectacular. Trust me. It's, it, please look that up, everybody. Mohawk okay. Mountain House. Okay. So you've got this experience now, and you're a rock climber. Yep. And was, past tense. Was. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure it's something, at least in your mind, you never give I, up, I, right? I still love the rocks, yeah. <laughs> there you I go. I still love the rocks. And, but, but then there's always the garden, Jan. Mm. Also, Yes. And that, that means, leads us to Floortopia. Thank you. So when I worked at Mohunk, we grew under Alain's amazing uh, mastery. 
20,000 flower seeds, flowers from seed, mm. 20,000 flowers from seed. We grew it from all the way through to, the, to uh, putting it into the ground. And they, he had won the award for the best landscape grounds in America for a resort. I mean, that's how great he was. And so I learned that through him. And from that, and that was a long time ago, but when, you know, I started my design build, landscape design build firm with my husband about 35 years ago, we always, always included flowers in our projects because I knew how to do it. And at some point I said, you know, I, I, before I leave this mortal coil, I have to share what I've learned. And that is how Floratopia came about. Mm. Tell me about Floratopia. 110 flower garden ideas for your yard, patio, or balcony. So many people think of the landscape as just what you put in the ground. But you even explore the patio and balcony. You know, I have a very small little backyard. I, I work on big projects, but myself, I have a small uh, backyard, very small and very and a terrace. And so what do I do? I have flowers in pots and planters and I do it every year. I can't wait. You know, I wake up in the morning, I, like you well know, and I go out there. And, and so I said, well, if I'm going to talk about flowers, the, the whole first section has to be on uh, planting containers. Now, well, that also applies to vegetables, as you well know. But since mm -hmm. this is about flowers, I, I uh, talk all about um, planting them in, in planters, what kind, what kind of soil mix. But I do it, if, if you note, I do everything in terms of individual tips. So you're not committed to reading the whole book. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's designed so you can open it to any page and find something of value with the individual tips. Mm -hmm. Like one tip is uh, drainage in pots, new recommendations. And, and, you know, it's just a few paragraphs with photos and meaty captions. But, you know, it's that whole idea now that you don't even have to put the gravel in the base of the pot anymore. That They say it's not effective. Mm-hmm. So, so many people will look at books from the past and go, oh, but the book said, I have to put that gravel in there. Yep. Yep. New research says not exactly. So yeah, that isn't that interesting. I mean, yeah. what the, the point was that they said the water does not percolate or permeate down from the soil level into the gravel level. What ends up happening is the water, like the water stays in, in the potting mix. So that even though we think we're doing good, it actually is kind of impeding the water from going down. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? It is very, very interesting. So then if people say yes, but then the pot's going to be heavy, I can't move it. So they say like take uh, plastic bottles, whether it's plastic, whatever kind of plastic bottles, soda bottles, water bottles, whatever kind of plastic bottle you have um, with the, and, and stick them and they just eat up some space. Which... As we learn to reuse, recycle, and reduce, what better way to reuse those things that we're going to recycle anyway? That's exactly right. I mean, if we have these things lying around, let's just put them to use. That's right. That's, yeah. And that at least lightens it up a little bit, because I know that's my biggest, uh, one of my biggest challenges. Is moving the pots. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 Especially for us seasoned gardeners. So on a balcony, you know. Even though people are going for more space now, now that we've been sequestered for a year, um, for a balcony, 
what is, what is one of your best tips? Oh, you mean for a balcony? Okay, so number one, rather than one big pot, why not get three different size pots? They could be smaller if the balcony is a little compact and place them on, uh, elevate one in the back to create kind of a, a, a little uh, vignette there with one higher in the back and the two smaller in the front. Um, so that it's, it's, a, it's not just one solid planter, it's a whole little scene there. And mm -hmm. then you could change out the flowers in those pots, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. so, so that's one idea for a balcony. Another idea for a balcony is, is train something on the, uh, on the railing if you, if you can. You know, like, like I like to train Dutchman's pipe on uh, handrails and railings. Mm. And that's such an exotic bloom, if you yeah. will. <laughs> he started off in a planter, a deep planter, and then just twine it around. And it's kind of a fun look. Mm -hmm. And the edibles in, in the pots, can, can, can we mix our edibles with our blooming friends? Oh, I think so, right? Mm -hmm. Especially lettuce. I mean, lettuce is so easy, but you could, you could do other things too. But you got the oak leaf lettuce and the red leaf lettuce and, you know, all these great things. And you just put them in there with your, with your marigolds or your calibrachoa or whatever you have and uh, just take some. Why not? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the best ground cover, isn't it? <laughs> and, and tomatoes, of course. I mean, my goodness, you, of course, you know, that goes without saying. Exactly, exactly. And spinach, here we go. But anyway, mm -hmm. I don't, so, I don't. And then nasturtiums, which you, oh. which you can throw in your salad, right? Yes, my favorite. I love nasturtiums. Right? I do, yes. So the landscape, we've got the landscape with mature trees. Some people are wanting to put in new trees. What is your opinion? Do we need a focal point? Oh, you want to talk about design? Yeah. yeah. So focal point. Well, one thing is that so, like in my little tiny backyard and it's tiny, um, I always tell people go for the long view. So the long view where I am is literally like diagonally across my my little open space because it's not deep. So I, I take the diagonal and I put a beautiful, I put a, a little Japanese garden, uh, Japanese maple, which is now grown into something beautiful, literally diagonally across from where we sit. And that creates the long view. It's the longest, and, and, and so that draws your eye to it, mm -hmm. and it's the longest line I could create. So that's what, you know, it gives the illusion of space. And do you have flowers that, uh, that become your friends as you look at that long view? Oh, my goodness. You know, that's the thing. These are our friends, isn't it? Like when you wake up in the morning, you go out there and you go, hello, how mm -hmm. are you? And mm -hmm. oh, 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 yes. I mean... That's the thing. Uh, and, and, you know, if you think about flowers, when I was studying landscape architecture all those years ago, flowers were not even discussed. They were for your grandmother. They were frou-frou. Mm -hmm. It was all about structure, which is all great stuff. But they were forgetting this. And you think about it. Flowers are the true gems of the green world. Yep. They are spectacular. And instead of, like, pushing them off to the side, I say... No, put them everywhere, incorporate them everywhere. And me growing up in the city, I grew up with no color, no flowers, nothing. You know, it was pretty, pretty harsh. Of course, now people are turning on to it. But even just a simple pot of a geranium, 
mm-hmm. or pelargonium is the real name, but a simple pot of a red geranium can brighten anybody's day. And I say, take that pot of geraniums, and if you have a little plant bed, stick it in the plant bed. You don't even mm-hmm. have to plant the geranium into the soil. Just take the pot and stick it in there. And now you have this magnificent little pop of red whenever you walk by. See, that's amazing. And it's amazing the little things that catch your eye. Um, I have been putting a pot or three, uh, try to use the odd numbers within my garden beds because it does help with that long view, but it's also this elevated pop of color. Yes. It's like, oh, wow. So if that perennial is not blooming, the annual in that pot is. That's right. And you know, then comes the penstemon, right? Or whatever Exactly, exactly. Yes. It just kind of, it keeps it exciting. That's why I always say there's always a garden, a party in my garden. Oh, um, that's, <laughs> a great, that's a great saying. You have come up with the best sayings, I have to say. <laughs> it's because I'm crazy. I'm a crazy gardener. That's why. So um, why, why did you write this book? Other than the fact that flowers are overlooked, why now? Okay, okay, okay. Great question. Mm-hmm. And it honestly, the, the very first impetus was because of our pollinators. Honestly, I, I would be reading up about the bees dying and the butterflies disappearing, you know, several years ago, I was reading, and I would get very upset. And I would kind of get onto Facebook and say, everybody plant milkweed, you got to plant the milkweed, don't cut it down in the fall. And, um, and I kept saying, how do I get people to understand about the peril of our pollinators and I thought well I can encourage people to plant flowers Mm -hmm. and and then the pollinators will be happy and that honestly was the very first time I thought about writing about flowers Mm -hmm. just to do my little bit in helping our endangered pollinators the bees the butterflies the moths the birds Mm -hmm. you know and, and it does make a difference. And um, I was ecstatic when people realized that, um, you know, because the vegetable garden craze is, is everywhere, but people don't realize veggies are great. I used to run an organic farm, but plant oh, the flowers, plant the flowers to bring the pollinators, increase your yields. Yep. You know, yep. it's all a good thing. The bigger picture, it's a good thing. So have you seen the effects of your encouraging of planting of flowers? Have you seen the effects of it in the landscapes that you have worked on? Oh, well, so with my with the my clients' properties and all, when I include the flowers, of course, then they love it. And they want me to come back every year, but it's it's hard because I don't have that kind of time. But mm-hmm. yes, the like just for example, planting lantana easy lantana you you know you can't stop it from growing once it gets established it's just Mm -hmm. you know in the summer and then you see the butterflies or even if one of my favorite shrubs by the way is bottle brush buckeye yes (laughs) my one of my favorite shrubs of all and so i plant like I, i i plant a lot of it for certain people they don't understand they don't think it looks so great i said just wait just wait give it a few years and then i see the butterflies on that bottle brush buckeye and i get so happy just get mm-hmm. so happy mm-hmm. it's funny because we um you are a lot more experienced than i am but uh because i consider myself a landscape gardener but i gifted a client of mine three bottle brush buckeyes oh, after seeing it in chicago 
um, at the conference, at the uh, Garden Writers Conference, I saw the blooms on that bottle brush buckeye and it was like, oh, that's a need. Oh, yeah. And Amazing. It's hard to find. It's hard to find. It's yeah. hard to find. Well, I had to order mine because I couldn't find it locally. But uh, and he's like, well, it, they're just sitting there. I'm like, give it time. Give right. it time. It looks like nothing. They say, I waited for you to plant this. And I go, yeah, please, please just wait. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, the first time I ever saw it, I was went to this wonderful place that you have to put on your list when you come to Hudson Valley called Olana. And Olana is the home of Frederick Church, who was one of those great 19th century uh, Hudson Valley painters, mm -hmm. Frederick Church. And I and there was this whole grove of these amazing plants with these amazing white flowers, shrubs. And I kept saying, what is that? This is a long time ago. What is that? What is that? Nobody could tell me. So I was on the search to figure out what that was. And it was a whole mass planting. Um, he had Frederick Law Olmsted uh, uh, lay out the grounds. Mm -hmm. So I always wondered if Frederick Law Olmsted told them to plant it because it is spectacular. Mm. Is it still Olana. O-L-A-N-A. -O -A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's mm. amazing. So what? What name two other plants that you flowers that you love that attract pollinators okay well you know here here is a the hardest thing about writing a book about flowers as you can well imagine is <laughs> well i gotta write about this one i gotta talk about that one and 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 i just didn't want it to become something like oh you know i i love cone flowers and all their glory and i love this one so i had to be very judicious in which ones i told people i have so many and the illustrated but when i at the back where i say a few choice uh perennials to try you know like like um a pollinator's delight agastaki yes and which is um anise hyssop or anise hyssop however mm -hmm. you want to call it what do you call it anise hyssop agastaki i call it agastaki agastaki mm -hmm. so i used to call it agastash and then somebody said no you call it agastaki mm -hmm. but anyway it's it's anise hyssop or anise hyssop is a popular perennial and it's um native to the fields of eastern north america and um you know the leaves smell like licorice when you yeah. uh that's why anise mm -hmm. but that one is a fabulous perennial for pollinators yep. oh my goodness yep. so like you try the one that cultivar called blue fortune is a really great one mm -hmm. for that's our, the one i started out with <laughs> right blue fortune yeah, yeah it's yeah. A, you know it's a and, and then if you are in a warmer climate you can try some of the uh, less hardy ones like um you know they hardy in zone seven and eight with me that's pretty pretty wonderful apricot sunrise just yeah for the yeah. warmer areas you know mm -hmm. And I have pictures of that. So that's a great one for pollinators. And then um, another one I absolutely adore is uh, is perennial salvia mm -hmm. because it's deer resistant. And where I live, the deer are rampant. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, and they're truly hardy, these, these uh, perennial salvias. There's one called Rhapsody in Blue that I have a great photo of that is just spectacular. Mm -hmm. So, so you know that's a another fabulous perennial i mean there's so many i just yeah another deer resistant one that's that that you i'm sure know all about is the um the yellow leafed bleeding heart gold heart bleeding yeah heart. yeah and, and many people don't know about that one and it's beautiful 
oh my goodness in the spring when we're all starved for for some kind of color it gets the color in the leaves and the color in those gorgeous uh, flowers it's yeah. super resistant yeah. now of course it kind of melts away in the summer mm -hmm. but that's okay because then you go to all your other wonderful perennials and anything that melts away in the in the humidity and heat of the summer i look at it as that was your spring gift to get you started now you should have something to back it up color wise so you can keep that love of space going you know, the way you speak is so, it's so melodious. It's like, I'm following you. Yes, Dave. then comes the spring and then comes the summer. And you're absolutely right. It's like, what is nature going to gift me with now? Right? Yeah, because yeah. it's all a gift. I mean, it truly, the garden is a gift. If you look at it that way, um, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's what you put into it. That's what you're going to get out of it, you know? In spades, right? I mean, you put, yes, you put effort into it, but then nature pays you back with profuse blooms, right? Yes, yes, yes. Do you do a lot of annuals? I do a lot of annuals. And I know that annuals in the gardener's circle are not like the most popular. Everybody loves their perennials. But I say, listen, annuals give you color all summer into fall. I mean, they just are nonstop. Mm -hmm. So if you blend that with your perennials that come back every year, now you've got a, 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 a symphony uh, of colors and blooms and shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I love annuals. I just adore them. I mean, because you know that you're going to have them in June, July, August, yep. September, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I have a whole section on, on, on some of my favorite annuals. Um, Cosmos. Cosmos is one of my faves right yeah right yeah yeah cosmos the best cut flower um you can get them tall to give you that wavy feeling the meadow feeling the, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like summer right there personified right. yes yes summer at your fingertips that's what a there, cosmos is <laughs> there you are there you are I, I mean and and another one of my faves which um i don't know if most people know about is gomfrina do you know what that is? Yes. That straw flower, or what do they call globe flower, I believe? Yeah. I love gomfrina. And you can't plant it early in the spring because um, it, it's a later flower, but mm -hmm. you know, it's a it's a hot weather flower. Yeah. And so and deer resistant, deer resistant. And that's what it's all about because it seems like the the deer, nature comes calling, and people go, Oh, I just gave up because I have deer. You don't yeah. have to give up. No. It, oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, my whole life is, is circumscribed by the fact that we need deer resistant plants and flowers, <laughs> everything where I live. But I would heartily recommend people try like Gomfrina fireworks. It, it's, it's like little tiny pink fireworks that are going off, you know, mm. and plant that in amongst your other uh, your other vegetables or your or your or your perennials or even your bushes you know just put them around you'll see what i'm talking about they got tall tall ones and short little um squatty ones yeah yeah are you trying anything new this year well i always try stuff new <laughs> I, I i you know i can't help myself i try the, all the new cultivars as a matter of fact you know i get all these announcements of the new cultivars it kind of drives me 
crazy because I'm just falling in love with one that I tried last year. Now I have to try, right? Now I have to mm -hmm. try something new. Yeah, but uh, I, I try new ones, but I always kind of stick with the tried and true also. I, and I, I give in the book, I give the names of the tried and true and then throw in some of the, the new guys. But like mm -hmm. there's one called Azure Skies uh, Perennial Salvia that looks amazing, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we got the yeah, blues, don't we, Jan? The blues. We got the blues. <laughs> we got the blues. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. And you know, isn't it amazing how many new flowers come out every year now? Mm -hmm. Used to be like one or two. It's like mm -hmm. it's a deluge. Um, and and the the one thing I want to just always tell people, whether it's flowers or vegetables, and you know, because of the organic farm, I have one tip called cherish the soil because it's all about the soil. Yes, yes. And what I, uh, if I could share one tip, it's that to people, don't, we all have spring fever right now mm -hmm. and we're all gonna run out eventually, very shortly, and we're gonna start buying everything. Oh, I should talk about myself. You know, <laughs> oh, I gotta have that color. Oh, I can't have this. And then I, you know, I, my, everything is like filled to the top of my car, I bring it home. And of course, I don't have the pots filled with the potting mix. I don't have the beds turned over. And now I have all these plants sitting there. And then I got to go to work because, you know, I work. And then it's like now they become a, a chore. Mm -hmm. So what I say to people is, listen, get the pots all filled up, ready to go. Get the beds turned over. Then buy the plants. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. That, yes. I, I mean, this is just coming from my own experience of having mm -hmm. to, oh, no, now I got all these plants sitting there in the back and I have to water them when they're on time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. What people should be doing right now yeah. is getting their potting mix. Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah, there you go. And I talk about that too. I, I, I talk about how when I first started out, that we had Pro Mix BX. That was it. That was the only potting mix available. And yeah. now you go and you've got all sorts of fabulous compost-based potting mixes. And because people always say, "Well, which is your favorite?" I said, "There's new ones coming out every year now, and they're getting better and better." So uh, you know, spend a little time looking at what's out there, and and you know, and uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. If you if because if you prepare now. Get your potting mixes now. You can dream about what you're going to put in those pots. But touching, in my world, touching the pot, making sure that you've got enough soil to make sure all your pots are full. That way, when you do that major gung-ho shopping experience, you're ready. Come home, pot those puppies up, and then you can enjoy the garden. That's right. Instead of being overwhelmed. Exactly. Jan, finally... What tip, before I ask you where we can find you, what tip do you have, other than the ones you've already, already given, for the new gardeners? We've got so many new people gardening right now. I, was that so great? I'm so happy about Me that. Me too. Me too. So, okay. So besides talking about it's the soil, it's, you know, that the famous saying, you don't put a $10 plant in a $2 hole, Right. You put a $2 plant in a $10 hole, spend the money on the soil. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds pretty basic to, to old time gardeners, but 
that if that was the one tip for new gardeners spend the money on the compost or the pelletized lime or the kelp based fertilizer or whatever it is that you're going to put in turn it over let it let it just sit there and because people think nothing is spending fifteen dollars for a plant or you know mm-hmm. some kind of small little plant but then tell them that they need to spend thirty dollars on the bad compost and they they flip out you know exactly Exactly. And I'm saying, no, 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 turn that around, put it into the soil, put it into, the, and, and, and that's what's going to make that, and buy a tinier plant, buy a little five-inch pot plant, and it will just, mm-hmm. take off. The return is great when the soil is fabulous. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. where the money should go. Yeah, good, good tip. And you know what? Years ago, when I was with the city of Fredericksburg, that was the one thing I would always tell my guys, make sure that soil is right. If the soil is not right, we're not planting anything in it. There so you go. you're right. Your soil test. Make sure your soil is right. Yep. Well, Jan, um, Floratopia is a fabulous book. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. I, it is a book that is needed right now. I really have to say because it kind of paves the way, whether you're a new or seasoned gardener on how to approach beautifying your yard, your balcony, your patio this year. Thank and I you. hope it inspires. You know, half my half my uh, efforts are just to inspire people. Say, oh, that's beautiful. I want to try that. You know, and then yeah, and then my job has been done. Yeah, and and thank you so much for that. Thank oh, you. well, where can we find you? And okay. I know we can find the book online, right? You can find Floratopia online. I'm having a little bit of issue with Amazon. So if you can't find it by typing in Floratopia on Amazon, although you can find IndieBound or Barnes & Noble or any of those places, is make sure to add the colon at the end of the word Floratopia colon. And then it shows up in Amazon. I don't know why, but that's so that's my little tip there. (laughs) And um, I'm on Instagram and I post all the time. And that's at Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-E-N, Johnson Design. That's my Instagram, Johnson oh, wow. Design. And of course, you know, Facebook every morning, um, <laughs> as you know, Serenity in the Garden blog, yes. Facebook, and Serenity in the Garden is the name of my blog. And I also have the Spirit of Stone Facebook page. Because, you know, my book, The Spirit of Stone, right? For all those rock lovers out there. Yes, yes. And, 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 and I post almost every day on the Facebook page called Spirit of, The Spirit of Stone. Because, yeah, I, I, I like flowers. I like rocks. You know, the whole world. The whole natural You're nature world. lovers, right? Nature lovers, yeah. <laughs> I can wax uh, poetic about rocks and flowers at the same time. Oh, well, I can't wait to, to come up there and see you. Oh, please, please. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm just going to continue to share the love of Floratopia. Thank uh, you. So that that book will be in every gardener's hands. Oh, that would be my dream. Okay. Hey, Thanks have a so- great day. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Isn't she wonderful? Jan Johnson is a force when it comes to understanding 
The Garden. I remember the first book that I read of Jan's was Heaven is a Garden. And it meant so much to me that I shared it with my father who equally fell in love with that little book. And after that, it was Spirit of Stone, Gardentopia, and now Floratopia. Wow, I can't wait to get outside. But first, I am going to follow Jan's advice and focus on my potting soil. Because the potting soil is the foundation of any potted plant. And if you're gardening in ground, consider spending a little extra dollars on something good to make your soil just so yummy. After reading this book, I will not tell you how many times I flipped through it. But I came across some words that Alice Walker wrote. Wherever you are creating beauty around you, you are restoring your own soul. I love it. Jan, thank you for providing the tools that allow us to restore our soul. I ask that you continue to follow me. My website, cottageinthecourt.com, Instagram and Twitter, Cottage in Court, Facebook and Pinterest, Cottage in the Court. And I just want to say, whatever you do this year, find joy in growing something that feeds your soul. Have a great day.